Hi there, this is Alana. We are so glad you joined us at the Praying Christian Women podcast. I am here with my friend and co-host Jamie, and we are so excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking about the science of prayer. And for those of you who might not love science, don't worry. This is going to also have lots of really helpful and inspiring tips of how we can actually use brain science to stay more focused when we pray. It's going to be really, really cool. And it's going to give Jamie and me both the chance to get our science geek on. So without any further ado, let's open in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much that our bodies and our spirits are connected. And we just pray that you would help us today to learn more about how our prayer lives can be enhanced by our, our physical condition and our um, our outlook and our perspective on on that connection between physical and spiritual. We just lift up our thoughts and our minds and our hearts to you now, God, and pray that you would teach us and that you would speak directly to us and just help us to grow closer to you and deepen our prayer lives through this podcast episode. In Jesus' name, amen. Our verse of the day today comes from Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I just felt like this was a really relevant scripture because when I think about the science of prayer or brain science, um, I, I think of this verse where it's, it's um, talking about not conforming to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds and our spirituality are very much interconnected. And so, um, you know, when we experience God through prayer, it does transform our minds and it does renew us and it creates new physical connections in our brains and um, trains us in a way. And so I just think that's a neat a neat connection. And I think throughout this episode, there are going to be a lot of places where scripture might come to your mind because science, the, the science of prayer is based on, you know, obviously when you, if you have a, a truth about something, it, it's going to be echoed in scripture. I love that. Yeah. And that's a, a great verse for this passage. I think it's also important for us to talk about the fact that even though we are talking about the science of prayer, that doesn't at all negate the fact that prayer has supernatural power. You know, so we're talking about some things like the health benefits of prayer, what happens in your own brain while you're praying, but because we're talking about just the science of it today does not mean that we're denying the absolutely supernatural and miraculous power of God that goes above and beyond what science can show us. Yeah, that's a really good reminder and a, a really good starting point because science can't explain everything <laughs> as much as we love it. But we, yeah, science cannot explain everything. Right, right. And it doesn't negate either, you know, and I think right. that's super important. So our just for fun question today, since we're talking about the brain and science and things like that, I want to hear your story, Jamie. I know you have one, but I don't know what it is. Of a time when you hit your head. So it's one of my earliest memories, and I don't remember how old I was. Yeah. So I was singing the song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, and I was in a laundry basket, like rocking back and forth. It was oh, this yeah. round, brown laundry basket. And I was rocking back and forth singing, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And um, 
there was a table <laughs> very close to where I was rocking and it was like I don't know what kind of gone it was if it was an octagon or a you know it right. had a lot of corners it was a polygon though. thank you there you You're go speaking welcome. of science and math yeah there you go <laughs> it was a polygon it had many sides and it had many corners and so I fell over and hit my head oh. on the corner and I remember I don't remember what happened immediately after hitting my head, but I do remember being in the doctor's office, or I don't know mm -hmm. if it was the emergency room or the doctor's office, and they said, we're going to give you um, medicine so that it doesn't hurt when they were getting ready to do the stitches, mm -hmm. and, and I remember I felt this burning in my head where the, you know, where they were probably giving me Ooh, the, the shot, you know, of the numbing stuff, whatever, yeah. Novocaine. and I pictured them taking a an aspirin tablet and putting it in, like because I didn't know what like they were doing. Shoving it in the hole. Shoving it in the hole. <laughs> it's just very strange. Yeah. So how old do you think you were? I'll have to ask my dad, but I think I was like two or three. Okay. Maybe three, two, three, something like that. Crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what that. about you? Yeah, it was just I still remember vividly that that was what I thought they were doing. Because I didn't know that it was a needle, which right. is probably but for the it's best. probably better. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, um, I I had stitches in my forehead once as a girl, but that wasn't the story I was going to share. So my story is actually grabbing my husband's story from last winter, oh. and we had this crazy wind and ice storm, and the power was out for three days. And on day three, my husband was coming back from the church. We were in the parsonage behind the church, and he had just gone to get some more, I forget if it was like napkins or paper plates or something from the church. And he came back, and we were still, you know, sitting in the living room with our candles lit. And he said, I just had the weirdest dream that we just had this three-day power outage. My husband is always joking, so I just went along with it, hearty har har. But it turns out he really thought that the power outage had been a dream. He had no idea why we were sitting around with candles. What we figure happened, he must have fallen and hit his head on the ice and basically lost a big chunk of his memory. Like it was early December. He couldn't remember Thanksgiving. He oh, asked us why we had a Christmas tree up. It was scary at first. Um, he had taken a business trip that fall that he totally forgot about. Oh my goodness. Yeah. After a couple hours, everything came back, except now he doesn't remember coming back to the house and asking us about, you know, why the power was out. But he, you know, he remembers Thanksgiving and stuff. That I was going to ask you because I think I heard about the story just after it happened, mm -hmm. but I wondered had he, he had he regained any of the other stuff. So really, all that's missing now is the small part right after he yeah. hit his head. Yeah, there was about oh. an hour that he's missing from when he left the church to when the paramedic showed up, and that was probably an hour ish oh, in time. Goodness, oh yeah, I'm it was scary. crazy scary because you know any of those head injuries are scary but thankfully there was no long-term damage and now we can kind of laugh about it yeah so let's jump into our topic on that weird <laughs> bizarre note <laughs> we're talking about the science of prayer and I think it would be fun to begin with just some of the health benefits of praying and obviously there are far more reasons to pray, such as the Bible tells us to. But I think just being aware of some of the health benefits of prayer can be 
at the very least interesting and I think it can also sometimes encourage and inspire us. It's just one more reason to keep investing in our prayer lives. So what do we have as some of the health benefits of prayer? Some of these, and we do have, we did look at some studies here and there, but we're not here to be like a journal where we're going to like reference specific science, mm-hmm. you know, you take our word for it, you know, and go and research it yourself. But basically, <laughs> but we might mention someone here or there, but basically in general, it seems that people confirm that meditation and prayer can reduce blood pressure and reduce heart rate, um, alter the levels of melatonin and serotonin. So, you know, promoting restfulness when you want to be restful, I guess, and wakefulness mm-hmm. when you want to be wakeful. Sleep and happiness are the two that I think of with those, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, even boosting the immune system, which is mm-hmm. something you wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, what are some others? I think any health benefit that comes from a reduced stress level should be mentioned, and you already mentioned a lot of them. Right. But... You know, stress is so just bad for our systems, you know, chronic persistent stress and anything we can do that reduces stress is so good for our bodies. And I think that that's probably the first thing that jumps into my mind because, like I said, we talk a lot on this show about the supernatural power of prayer. And today we're focusing on the just some of the physical benefits of prayer. But to me, those two seem to go so well hand in hand. You know, it's the spiritual, mental, and physical that when you are a praying person, I think you're just more prone or less prone to attacks of stress and anxiety. It doesn't mean you're immune to it. But I definitely think like it helps us to manage our stress levels. And that has so many tremendous benefits on our physical health. And we're going to talk a little later on how being in good physical and mental health can actually help us in our spiritual lives, you know, so they're all really connected as I see it. They are. And, you know, another interesting thing, you know, that we're, we're going to be talking about is when some of these studies and some of these things pertain to just meditation in general. Mm-hmm, as opposed right. to Not prayer. necessarily Christian prayer. Yes, but one of the one of the references that we had actually talks about how there is a benefit that um, to spiritual meditation over secular relaxation and meditation um, that it does um, it is superior to just a secular meditation in terms of like decreasing anxiety, lifting mood, spiritual health, mm-hmm. and even tolerance of pain, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, I saw that on the list. I thought that was yeah. super interesting. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how they measure that. <laughs> Torture. Okay. Well, you know. But, you know, I'm glad you brought in the stuff about meditation because some of the studies that we're referencing don't distinguish between the type of prayer. They kind of are lumping you know, any sort of meditation, Christian prayer, other religion kinds of prayer. So a lot of these practices come with health benefits. And so how do we, as Bible-believing Christians who know that Jesus is the way to heaven and the only way, how do we kind of keep those reconciled in our mind? 
Yeah, and that is something because we definitely don't want to muddy the waters or say that, you know, we think that prayer to the God of the universe, the one true God, is the same in any way as meditating to the universe itself because we're not saying that. And obviously, we do not believe that there is any power coming from the universe itself that God isn't behind. So, um, yeah, I think think first of all, um, my... My understanding, or or when I when I read certain truths in the Bible, it seems like you know if God is the creator of the universe, that there are some universal truths that He created, and mm-hmm. some of His instructions, and particularly in the Old Testament, I think it's really neat to see that there are some things that He directs them to do, like you know the timing of circumcision or some of the ceremonial washings before mm-hmm. you know before germs were even known about, you know things like that, that were given to them to obey, that had benefits that were not related to a spiritual thing. They may have been given right. as a command for a spiritual reason, but you know, they may not have had a spiritual benefit. And if a pagan had come in and used those same things, there would have been benefits to those pagans, you know, of mm-hmm. having cleanliness or treating their meat in a certain way to avoid diseases that, that was separate because God created a universal law that if it were followed by someone that didn't believe in God, they would receive some benefit, but not the completion or fulfillment of that benefit. I think that and is so well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's way better, I think, than I could have explained it. So thank you for, <laughs> for making that so succinct. No, I think that that's, that's perfect. And that is exactly what we're talking about here. Prayer has been shown to have benefits. All kinds of prayer has been shown to have benefits. Now, that does not mean that when the Bible tells us to pray to the one true God, that it's exaggerating <laughs> or anything like that. I think it just, like Jamie was saying, someone who obeyed the dietary laws of the Old Testament would still be protected by some of the practical benefits of that, just like people who only focus on meditation or who pray in other religious ways, they can still experience some of these benefits without meaning that they have experienced salvation or a personal relationship with the Lord or anything like that. I think that was well said. Well, and I think that the fact that a lot of these studies are conducted by, you know, as we looked at some of these different studies, some were conducted by Christians, but the vast majority were conducted by non-Christians or at least agnostics that were, mm-hmm. well, I guess those are non-Christians too, but, you know, not necessarily atheists, but people that right. thought, well, maybe there's a God out there. Let's just see out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's neat that that these people that don't know God can can look into these things and kind of maybe it can be a bridge for them to say, well, maybe there is something to this prayer thing and maybe point them in the direction of God. Um, yeah. That stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So we talked some about the health benefits of praying. There was one other study I thought was super interesting that was not specific to prayer, but do you remember the one about the life expectancy between churchgoers and non-churchgoers. Do you remember the details of that one? I don't remember the details other than the notes, but I just, um, yeah, I I thought that was really neat. It was like like a seven-year difference or something, right? Yeah, a seven-year difference between people that don't attend church and those that attend weekly. So presumably prayer is a part of that, Mm -hmm. I would hope. 
you know, that yeah, if you're going no, to church, sure that, you know, it, that the vast majority of those people would be participating in prayer and mm-hmm. connecting with God. So that's, yeah. yeah. That's and a, connecting with each other. You know, I've heard studies yeah. like this who talk about, you know, especially for the elderly who sometimes can be, you know, um, susceptible to being very solitary, shut in, you know, that sort of thing, that being part of a regular community like this has amazing health benefits and mental health benefits too, you know, which ends up having physical health benefits. Mm -hmm. So another really interesting thing that we got into, it was almost like a rabbit trail that we weren't planning on going down when we started studying for this topic, but we found a lot of really interesting studies about what actually goes on in your brain while you're praying. Yeah, that was really neat. Um, I think one of the things, one of the studies that was, that was pretty cool was looking at what a person's brain looks like in relationship to other thoughts to see what's happening while you're praying. So um, what they found, and I don't know if I'm going to describe this correctly, um, but the act of prayer is not the same as the act of imagining Mm -hmm. or the act of creating. Mm -hmm. It's more similar to the act of receiving a thought or receiving a um, an input to your brain. So yeah. what they came, you know, I don't, the conclusion that they came to, one of the conclusions was that you're not necessarily conjuring up um, the idea of God. You're receiving. Yeah, you're not making it up. From somewhere. And they won't necessarily say, oh, yes, God is speaking to you or you're communing with a real person. But, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, that it, it's just, I'm not explaining that well, though. So maybe. Right. Well, and I don't remember the details enough either, but I do remember it was, there was a big distinction between if you were a total skeptic who thought that prayer was just wasting time or making things up, then right. you would expect that, I think it's PET scans, right, that they're doing for this. Whatever kind of scan they're doing, you would expect the part of the brain to light up that's the part that, like what you said, imagines things or has daydreams or makes things up or even lies. Like there's a certain part of your brain that right. lights up when you lie. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happens. It's like what you were saying. as It's a whole new part of the brain. It's different than just meditation. It's different than daydreaming. Um, to me, that's just so exciting scientific evidence that prayer is far more than just forcing thoughts to run through your head and hoping that someone out there hears them. Yeah. Yeah. Or talking to an imaginary friend, you know? It's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That we're not all deluding ourselves like some skeptics would say, you know, yeah. because if we were, then it would look as if we were just like you said, it would be as if we were talking to an imaginary friend or doing make-believe or something like that, but it's a totally different part of the brain. And there's also huge, we talked about some of the physical health benefits of prayer. There's also huge mental health benefits. And I'm not just talking about mental health in terms of anxiety or depression or things, but do you remember some of those? Like it had to do with memory and even dementia. 
Yeah. And so, you know, there's there's this whole other side of not only do you have these health benefits, but prayer actually changes your brain and they call it neuroplasticity. I'm going to say that neuroplasticity mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that your that your brain can actually be changed through prayer. And so with experience and training, you know, um, so I will quote this. We have the neuroscientist Richard Davidson was one that did some studies on neuroplasticity. And he said that you can actually sculpt your brain just as you'd sculpt your muscles if you went to the gym, which, you know, we've talked about prayer as exercise and mm-hmm. training. Um, and yeah, so, and, and these practices of, of prayer and meditation, um, they enhance the, the neural function of your brain. They create pathways that actually can improve memory. And he even goes so far as to say that they can even slow down neurological damage caused by aging to the brain. So that's huge. That's mm-hmm. a really big, you know, benefit and um, evidence of, of the physical yeah. benefits of prayer. Well, and I want to go to back to that neuroplasticity issue because I feel like that's so encouraging for us it because is. this idea of neuroplasticity is, you know, do you remember? So I, I grew up in the 90s and we were always told like, every time you headbang, you kill 10,000 brain cells. Or something. <laughs> no more moshing. Yeah. And not that I was a headbanger, but you know, the idea was once your brain cells die, those brain cells are just dead. It's not like other parts of the body. Well, I feel like just between then and now, it's been shown like, no, your brain can repair itself. Or what we went through with Silas, he had tremendous brain injury as an infant. Mm-hmm. And so this term of neuroplasticity was thrown around a ton. And just the brain is amazing at regenerating itself. And I think that this concept of neuroplasticity as it relates to prayer can be so inspiring to us on a practical level because that means that if prayer is difficult for you now, the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. It's Mm -hmm. not that you're born with a brain that's good at praying if you're lucky, and if not, you're just going to feel guilty or have to try real hard. It means Mm -hmm. that every time you go into prayer, you're training your brain to make these connections so that you can maintain that focus and energy longer. Yeah. And some of the things um, that some of these studies have shown say that intense and long-term contemplation of God or spiritual values or praying um, can actually permanently change the structure of the parts of the brain that control your moods give rise to your consciousness of yourself Hmm. um, and shape our sensory perceptions of the world, which I thought is very interesting. And it can strengthen a certain specific neurological circuit. I don't know what specific circuit that is. You can delve deeper into that if you want, but a specific neurological circuit that generates peacefulness, social awareness, and compassion for others. So the more you pray, the more you become compassionate, the more you become aware, and it goes right back to that scripture, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can test and approve God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, which of course is to reach the world with our prayers. I just think that's so cool. 
Very, very cool. And I've, I've seen that, I think, in my own life, the connection between being more and more prayerful and more compassionate to others. And I think part of that is being compassionate to yourself when you're having a hard time praying. Mm -hmm. So instead of just gritting your teeth and saying, I'm terrible at praying, I lose my focus 10 times a minute. Instead, when you're able to just say, yeah, I lose my focus 10 times a minute, but hey, I'm here praying. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, those other times where my focus isn't lost, I am connecting with the Lord. I think that when we recognize our own weaknesses, and I think prayer kind of helps us become more aware of our weaknesses, that allows us to be more gracious to others in what they're going through as well. It does. And I think we so often, I think so often we exclude ourselves from the grace, you know, where we're just like, well, you know, I can, I can be easy on them, but your inner critic is, is louder than ever as a result, you know? And I think that's so important to think I'm sculpting my brain. I'm sculpting my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think recognizing the connection between your physical, mental, and spiritual health can mm -hmm. also be really, really helpful. So for example, if you're sick with the flu, you might, you probably won't be able to pray with the same degree of focus that you could on a good day when you're well rested, <clears throat> you're not in pain, you know, so sometimes we just need to be gentle with our bodies too, because yes, we are spiritual beings, but we are confined to these earthly bodies that are susceptible to weaknesses. And so we need to be gentle with ourselves in those cases, which kind of brings us to our last sort of topic that we wanted to talk about. And because these things are so interconnected, there are physical things that we can do that will help our prayer life. You know, so being physically healthy, eating well, exercising, these things can help our prayer life. So basically anything that gets your brain working better is going to help your prayer life. Yeah, and another thing is um, just sleep. Because, you know, we were talking, mm -hmm. I think yesterday, Alana, yeah. about, you know, sometimes you need to realize that the morning, the early morning may not be your best time to pray, you know, and I went through that myself too, where I thought, okay, I've got to get up early, I've got to pray, and I got up early and I was just a mess. I, mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm not a morning person right now. There have been times in my life when I have been, but I'm not. And so that's not my best time to pray. So instead of just beating your head against a wall, trying to make yourself pray or, or berating yourself for not being better at it, you know, go, go with your, you know, get, get some sleep <laughs> and, sure. and make sure yeah. that you're well rested before you begin to pray so that you can be at your best and, I and think that set yourself is really up for success. Important. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think just being aware of your sort of your body, what works for you, I think is really important. You know, I love that you came to the realization that you're just not a morning person right now. It's not the best idea to just plan on waking up early to get that time with the Lord in, you know, so being aware of your biorhythms. Um, I know one thing that I found, like there are certain foods that can make me feel really just groggy, or if I totally stuff myself, I just, I feel it for at least a day, you know, of just my brain is foggy, 
that sort of thing. And like I said, anything that we can do that increases our, like our brain function, our mental alertness, our clarity of thinking, those are things that are going to help our prayer life as well. So that's definitely something to be said for, you know, eating moderately and, and paying attention to what works for you. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe avoiding super sugary things at certain times of day so you don't get that, you know, major crash can be beneficial. But really, it just depends on what works well with your body, what makes you feel the most awake, alert, peaceful, happy. All of those things can be way more conducive to a healthier prayer life than just gritting your teeth and trying harder. Yeah, and being aware that there are seasons of life and seasons of prayer and mm-hmm. and not being so hard on yourself. If you're, you know, if you're at a place where physically you're not at your best, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean don't pray. It, it doesn't mean don't pray because we can train ourselves and, you know, you can still talk to God, but allow yourself to set realistic expectations for yeah yourself and I think especially like new moms moms with you know toddlers preschoolers that's a busy season it is you know pregnancy and childbirth take a toll on your body sleepless nights take a major toll on your body and your brain so yeah I would say that those are times that yeah you should be gentle with yourself and just realize I love how you put that just the seasons of prayer that this season you might not get the quiet time that you had before you had kids or, you know, whatever stage you're in, there are different stages where you're going to have different challenges and that's okay. You don't need to do everything every single day in order to be growing in your walk with the Lord. Yeah. And I think that goes along with our next one, which is to start, you know, to, to keep your mind on this idea of prayer is training your brain and Mm -hmm. to start small, just like if you were going to the gym, you know, we all know what it's like. I think most of us, you go in there, you get excited. You're like, all right, I'm going to go in and I'm going to lift all this weight or I'm going to run for whatever. And then you feel miserable afterwards and burned out and physically depleted. Um, Start small and set small prayer goals and build on those. You know, I even think of the verse that talks about you know, he who is faithful with little, right? make him faithful with much. Just do that. Be faithful with a little bit and just begin small and build on a solid foundation as you go, as you're sculpting your brain, as you're training your brain, because you can, you can accommodate more as you go along. So really looking at it as, as training and starting small and giving your brain time to catch up step by step. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And we are kind of running low on time, but I wanted to just add one more thing too. You know how we were talking about paying attention to your biorhythms and what you eat. I feel like it's important to also note things like supplements. Like I know there are certain times where if I get really, really sluggish and I can be like, oh, I haven't had my vitamins in three weeks, (laughs) you know, or, you know, even like this is a show for women, hormone changes can impact your mood, which is going to impact your prayer life, which is going to, you know, they're, they're all so interconnected. But I think it's important to note some of those things as well. So I just wanted to throw that in. We're going to be adding a new part to the show that I'm super excited about. We're going to be sometimes answering listener questions on the show. So if you have a question about prayer or a topic that you would love to explore with us deeper, you can send your questions at prayingchristianwomen.com questions. 
Jamie and I certainly aren't setting ourselves up as the experts who know the answers. We just like diving into these topics. So hopefully um, we would love to hear from you with your questions. So now we'd like to leave you with a blessing and a benediction. So your blessing is, may God look down from heaven and hear when you call on him. May he grant you the righteous desires of your heart and answer all of your honorable petitions. May the Holy Spirit teach you to pray as you should and grant you the faith to enter his throne room with courage and confidence. May he lead you into spirit of humble prayer every day and may he answer you in your time of need. And our benediction is from 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.